Amen. As we have just prayed, we come to God's word ready to hear the voice of God. And this morning, we turn in scripture again to the Gospel of Matthew. We are continuing into chapter 11 and starting at verse 25 through verse 30. So we have skipped over a little bit of verse 10, uh, where Jesus had a conversation with the followers of John the Baptist. (laughs) And Jesus' harsh words for some towns that he did great miracles in and was present in and taught in, and they didn't receive him or believe him. So coming out of that time of rejection, our scripture this morning brings us to Jesus' prayer between him and his father, and then an invitation to all those who would follow him. So this is the word of God for us this morning. Matthew 11, starting at verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I know what you're expecting. We have just read an incredibly well-known passage, and you know what comes next. If you have grown up in the church or been around the church for any length of time, you have heard a sermon on this and probably seen this image. That. If, If you're here, you can look on the back screen right there. Double yoked oxen. And seriously, if you do a Google search on this passage, on this deeply beautiful, meaningful passage, a variation of this image will dominate. And I have a confession to make to you this morning. I do not like it. I have never connected with it. It's never been particularly helpful for me in walking into this passage. In fact, it sometimes functions more as a distraction. 
Because I tend to do exactly what probably some of you are doing right now, which is rolling your eyes and getting ready for what you know is to come. Because you've heard a lot of sermons in the past that are farm animal-centric when it comes to this passage. And if you're like me, oxen and yokes don't have much to do with your regular everyday life. It's not a particular image that works real well for us. You can take it down, take it down. I don't want to see it anymore. Because somehow when I hear Jesus' words in Matthew 11, they hit me deep every time. But then this inevitable picture pops up, and my mind is just instantly derailed from the connection that I had with the scripture. Because imagining myself as a big, dumb ox, next to Jesus as a big, dumb ox, plowing an endless field into eternity, not really my jam. Not really something that's speaking to my soul. And yet there is something so powerful about the words of Jesus here. In his invitation, despite the cliche image that usually goes with it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. When the first century crowd heard these words of Jesus for the first time, they probably still had the image of big, dumb oxen come to mind too. Because the yoke was a well-known metaphor for the Torah, for the law of Moses. So two whole centuries before Jesus spoke these words, two whole centuries before Matthew recorded Jesus' words to the crowd, a Jewish teacher wrote a similar invitation. And it was a common one. It's not unique to this particular Jewish teacher or any other rabbi. This is what this rabbi said, two centuries before Jesus spoke his. Come to her, the Torah, like one who plows and sows. Put your neck in her collar, bend your shoulders, and carry her with all your soul, and keep her ways with all your might, for at last you will then find rest that she gives. For her yoke is a golden ornament. Now, it's not quite as simple or poetic or immediate as Jesus puts it, but you can hear the similar imagery, even down to the promise of rest. This wise teacher, two centuries before Jesus, was actually trying to recruit new students, young men who would follow him and learn the law with him. And this golden ornamented yoke that they were going to learn to shoulder together 
consisted of all the religious obligations and responsibilities that were required of them by the law in order to be right with God. And they hoped to earn the rest from keeping God's ways, from following the right path, with all their soul, with all their might, and with the guidance of a wise teacher. That is, if they could bear the weight, if they could shoulder it with all their might, if they could follow it closely enough without straying. Fast forward a couple centuries, back up to Jesus, and Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, were quite familiar with the yoke as a metaphor for the law. They took great delight, actually, in adding to the religious obligations and expectations of God's people. They would get more and more creative with all the ways that they could demand faithfulness to the law on the backs of God's people. Just a few chapters later in Matthew, uh, chapter 23, Jesus calls them out for doing this exact thing. In chapter 23, verse 4, Jesus says, those Pharisees, those religious leaders, those shepherds, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves, they're not willing to lift a finger to move them. The anger of Jesus at the Pharisees was fueled by the collateral damage he saw. He saw folks exhausted and overburdened and weary in body and in soul and in faith. And none of them were experiencing anything close to the rest promised by bearing the yoke of the law, that beautiful golden yoke. Just a bunch of weary folks trying to bear the weight of what they thought to be God's expectations. Just a bunch of weary folks trying to shoulder their religious responsibilities with all their might. Just a bunch of weary folks trying and failing. Now, I don't think we actually really need a bunch of Pharisees tying up heavy, cumbersome loads on our shoulders in order to feel weary and exhausted and overburdened in body and soul. Because I think if we are honest with ourselves, we do a pretty good job about that all on our own. We hoist on our shoulders bags of guilt and shame that are not ours to carry. We fill up sandbags with, with, the, with perfectionism and judgment of not only ourselves but others. And, and we shift the weight on our shoulders from past sins that we can't let go or current ones that we just can't face. And we kill ourselves under the weight of our own ambitions and expectations, of our own worries and fears. We might not take to the picture of oxen and yokes and Torah, but we, I think, are quite familiar 
with a bunch of weary folks trying to bear the weight of impossible expectations, trying to shoulder the weight of too many burdens, many of them self-inflicted. When Jesus spoke to the crowd that day, as Matthew shows us, he sounded like a wise teacher, inviting people to follow him, to learn how to better wear the yoke of their burdens, how to carry it with all their might when they're continually failed over and over again. He sounded a little bit like them. And they knew that teachers came and went, but the weight always stayed. The duty, the work, the failure. But then as they listened to him, Jesus sounded nothing like the wise teachers. Because no other teacher talked about my yoke. They only pointed to the law as the yoke, to her. No other teacher talked about the weariness of the burden, just the need to shoulder it. And no other teacher stressed how gentle and humble they were. They usually stressed how wise and learned they were instead. And no other teacher said the yoke was easy or the burden light. They wouldn't be needed if that was the case. Jesus sounded nothing like a wise teacher because he was and is so much more than that. We learned a few weeks ago that when Jesus looked at the crowd, overburdened and weary, helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd, that Jesus was moved to compassion on them all. And here is the same. And in response to that, Jesus reaches out to his Father in prayer, lifting his voice to the one who listens. And Jesus prayed, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father. For this is what you were pleased to do. And here and throughout the gospel, we see that like father, like son. Jesus invited all who were weary and overburdened to him. Not the strongest or the smartest. Not the wisest or the most learned. Not the ones who thought they could shoulder the weight themselves but the ones who knew without a doubt that they couldn't. There's a story that at the end of the life of Thomas Aquinas, he experienced Jesus coming to him in a time of prayer. If you don't know who Thomas Aquinas was, he was an Italian Catholic theologian and philosopher 
whose nickname given to him in school, amusingly enough, was the dumb ox. <clears throat> he had large proportions. But Thomas Aquinas has been declared a saint, a doctor of the church. And if you want to study theology or philosophy, you have to reckon at some point with his teachings. And if anyone could be considered wise and learned in the best sense of those two things, it would be this guy. Hands down, no contest. At the end of his life, while he was in prayer, he was praying before an icon of the crucifixion, he experienced Jesus coming to him. And he heard Jesus say, You have written well of me, Thomas. What reward would you have for your labor? And Thomas, this doctor of the church, this great theologian and philosopher, this giant in both those fields, replied, Nothing but you, Lord. Nothing but you. In those final days of his life, Thomas was, had up to that point still been working, plugging away at his masterwork, his summary of theology that is actually still studied today in seminaries, whether you're Catholic or Protestant, in secular university philosophy departments. His work goes on and continues and has a life and has been blessed. And he was still working on it until that moment. He stopped. He actually left his, his magnum opus unfinished because of the closeness he was experiencing with Jesus. In prayer, in visions, in relationship. There was such a sweetness to that closeness and to the presence of God with him that Thomas told his assistant, his assistant was saying, um, his assistant's name was Reginald, and Reginald was saying, um, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Aquinas, you need to finish what you started. The church needs it. And Thomas is recorded saying, everything that I have written seems to me straw compared to the vision I have had. Thomas spent his life studying and unpacking and teaching and writing about Jesus and what Jesus taught. And it has blessed the church. But nothing for him compared, in the end, to experiencing the presence of Jesus. Experiencing the presence of God. Jesus is not just another wise teacher giving us a better list of to-dos and don'ts. Jesus is not just another wise teacher telling us to practice a little self-care and a little me time so that we can wear our burdens just a little bit better. Jesus is not just another wise teacher pointing out where we can do better, where we can earn enough gold stars to get us to heaven, 
where we can do enough to get right with God. Because if he were, and we sometimes treat him that way, there is no gospel. There is no good news. And we had better get used to carrying the weight of our burdens on our backs and the feeling of failure. But Jesus isn't like a Pharisee tying up heavier or, you know, prettier burdens on our backs. He's taking them off one by one. Because Jesus, the Son of God, has already made us right with the Father. Jesus, the Son of God, has already shouldered the weight of the law for us. Jesus, the Son of God, has already taken up the cross and carried the weight of all of our burdens and sin and failures and put it to death. so that our yoke might be easy and the burden light. Jesus, the Son of God, invites us not to follow him like any other wise teacher, but to come to him. And through him to the Father, the Lord of heaven and earth, who is pleased to reveal the fullness of his love and presence, not to the wise and learned, but to the little children, like us. Because we know the need. We know our exhaustion. We know our inability to shoulder the weight of our own salvation on our shoulders, no matter how hard we try. I don't know where you are weary this morning. I don't know if you come to worship this morning with a weariness of body or a weariness of soul or a weariness of faith. I don't know what is exhausting you or what you're carrying that weighs heavy on you. But I do know that Jesus' words of invitation and promise are for you. Not just for someone else, but for you. For each of you. For all of us. For all who are weary and burdened. So for you this morning, the words of Jesus... Speaking not to someone else, but to you. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light.
the word of God for us this morning. Amen. As we sit with the invitation of Jesus, let us pray. Our God who invites, our God who calls to each of us, we come before you of people who are often weary and burdened, often exhausted, often worried. And we come to worship you with so much on our shoulders, with so much that we carry. This morning, we lay it down before you, asking that through your spirit, some of the stuff that's so hard that we've held on to for so long, that your spirit helps us lay that down too. Trusting you with what we carry, with what we're worried about, laying down our fears, knowing that you whisper, whisper to us, do not be afraid. Laying down our sins, knowing that there is nothing you cannot forgive. And trusting not because we are shouldering this so well, because we are so strong, but leaning only on your son. Leaning only on the one to whom we belong, in body and soul, in life and in death our faithful Savior, Jesus, whose yoke is easy, whose burden is light. Amen.